guys, Tamaya Paul here, and you're listening to my podcast, Tender Tidbits with Tamaya. So in a way, I'm kind of using my story to share everyone's story. You are everyone. When you said that line, guys, we made history. We're the first class. Da, da, da. This is the first graduating class of Osceola Technical College. You guys, we made history. <laughs> they went bananas because it was true and you told it and you included them. And you didn't say I made history. You said we. So in that first line, how can you grab those graduates? So I think it just should be inclusive. I think that if you get the opportunity, they already know you're distinguished. Tell everybody's story. I hope I'm inspiring you. Mm Mm-hmm. Because I'm sleeping. (laughs) This is our brainstorming. Yeah. Just you are enough. Simply enough. Amen. Beautifully enough. Right where you are, you are enough. So that audio recording you just heard was of my mom and I brainstorming ideas for my distinguished graduate speech on January 14th, 2020. Fun fact. She literally has no idea that I took that recording or that I still have it to this day. At that time, I had just submitted my application for the award and I had no idea I would be selected for an interview, let alone chosen for the honor weeks later. But in the event that I was, I wanted to be clear about my story and my message and what I wanted my speech to really be about which is why I had ambushed my mom at like 10 o'clock at night to brainstorm with her. I wanted to, you know, get some things off my chest and make sense of my thoughts and ideas and really just have a moment to talk about it all. And out of all of the really great advice that she gave me that night, there's one piece that really sticks out to me. And that is when she said, I am enough. And that was significant for me because when these people at the school tried the hell out of me, that was the one thing I held on to to get me through that entire process. Now, let me put a disclaimer out there for anyone who's listening. My first two years of college at this one institution were easily the best years of my life. I got a lot out of my time being there, but I also gave a lot being there. So when you hear the stories I'm about to share with you, it's not to bash anyone or anything. It's simply my opportunity to tell the truth about what really happened to me during my experience that I thought would be one of the highlights of my life. And I say thought because it really wasn't. There was a group of people who were supposed to be my go-to that I could count on for anything during this process. And they really just dropped the ball and left a poor taste in my mouth. Hence, the title of this episode, Distastefully Distinguished. Again, this happened last year, and I will never name names, but I'm going to share what really happened, and I don't care who gets upset. 
So after I find out that I've won the Distinguished Graduate Award, I am completely over the moon with excitement. If you listened to the previous episode, The Power of a Sob Story, which detailed the first half of this experience, you would see why I didn't think I even had a chance at winning, but it all worked out in the end. I found out that I had won in late February of 2020, and they told me that I couldn't tell anyone the news because it was supposed to be this big secret. But you know, of course, I told my family, I told my favorite professor who had a reaction that I will never forget for as long as I live, and I even told my team in a very roundabout, creative type way. They were my people. And I didn't want to keep it from them because we had been on this amazing journey from beginning to end. And I just didn't want them to miss out on anything. And everyone was just so excited for me and very proud. And they ultimately knew an opportunity like this could be life changing. I felt like I was floating on cloud nine for a few weeks and nothing, absolutely nothing could get me down. Until it did. Unfortunately for me, all of the bliss was very short-lived because the pandemic had hit during spring break and no one was allowed back on campus. So all of the plans for commencement and distinguished graduate were put on hold and nobody really knew what they were doing, which is totally understandable. So there was a lot of waiting to see what was going to happen. And honestly, I just tried to stay positive and make the best out of a very disappointing situation. But it also sucked because once again, I'm supposed to have this really big, cool, once in a lifetime, awesome moment, and then it gets ruined yet again. There are six key moments from this experience that I really want to highlight. And so what I'm going to do is list them and then I'm just going to kind of elaborate on it and then move on because that is the best way I could think of doing this. So here goes. Disappointing situation number one, the cancellation of all distinguished graduate events. They had so many things lined up for me. A brunch with influential people at the college, networking opportunities, shooting videos, VIP seating for my family at commencement, and all of this really cool stuff. But all of that went away when it was declared that we were officially in the middle of a pandemic. They didn't try to make anything up. They didn't have alternative opportunities. All of it just never happened. And yeah, that really sucked. Disappointing situation number two, my biography. This is probably one of the most upsetting to me, and I'm going to explain why. So one of the directors who worked in public relations was tasked with writing my bio for the article that was going to announce me as the winner. She was very kind during our initial meeting, which happened after the panel interview where she was like jotting down notes about my life that she could use for the story. And that was all in the event that I had won. And I did win. So again, my story, I thought, was simple. Strong family foundation, excellent student, hard worker, passion for people, and ultimately my reasoning for choosing that college in the first place. You know, she had written many bios and articles for students and previous winners of this award. So I thought she'd have the hang of it by now. Guess not. She had reached out to me via email one day saying that she needed more information and I provided her with anything I thought would be helpful. I hadn't heard from her again in a few weeks and I thought everything was fine. That is until she called me one day. 
she was like laughing on the phone saying that she was struggling to write my bio and that she just really needed my help. She said she was having a hard time finding a good angle for my story and needed to ask me more questions because it just really had her stumped. Now, what she really meant by that was, hey, I have this rising from the ashes type sob story formula that I've been using for years that usually works and it's not really working for you. You know, she kept trying to find a specific label she could use. She was like, are you first generation? Was there anything you had to overcome in life? And all this other stuff. And I will never forget it. I was sitting in my brand new Kia Sportage in the Ross parking lot at the Crosslands when we had this conversation. And I remember being on the phone answering her questions like, my story is really simple. Like, this is what it is. Why can't that be enough? And it just wasn't enough for her to work with. She even jokingly admitted to like stalking my Facebook to find any good information she could so that she could like come up with this good angle. And she was like laughing about it. And honestly, it was just very disheartening because she really made me feel like it was my fault for my story not having the right angle, whatever that means. When in reality, she just didn't know how to write about someone who was truly distinguished. She had this one formula that had worked, you know, for years on end. And when it came to me, she was stumped and she was struggling and it was all these issues. And yeah, it was just really annoying. But long story short, she ended up emailing me a rough draft of my bio about a page long. And it was so trash, you guys. I literally cried. I was upset. My mom was super upset. My family was upset. And this lady had just really did me dirty. She knew damn well that what she sent me was absolutely unacceptable and just didn't care. It was so bad. And the killer is it wasn't even finished, you guys. There was no angle, no details, no storyline, no purpose. And I was appalled that a director of a public relations department at one of the biggest colleges in Florida, like, could write something so poorly and yeah it was bad and my mom and I had to rewrite the entire thing and send it back to her because we wanted it to be accurate and reflective of my journey and who I was and we basically had to show her like here like this is how you do it and after we sent it we hadn't heard from her again in a while despite reaching out multiple times and it was just very unprofessional So fun fact, that article of my bio that everyone read when it was officially announced, yeah, 90% of that was written by my mom and I. It just has someone else's name on it. And the proof is in the emails. All right, next on the list, we have disappointing situation number three, the worst Zoom call of my entire life. Now, this Zoom call was scheduled between myself, my two go-to people in the alumni department, and one of the speech professors at the college because... They needed to hear my speech for the first time, and the plan was for them to give me any feedback and see if there was anything that needed to be changed. Now, let the record reflect, they had initially given me one deadline to have the speech finished by, and then ended up bumping it up two weeks prior because they kept changing things due to filming and the pandemic and all this stuff. And thank God I had been thinking about it and working on it since late January, or else I would have been screwed. So after they heard the speech, they thought it was good, but we kind of bumped heads about the content of my speech 
because they wanted me to talk more about myself and I just didn't want to. The director had encouraged me to be selfish and make it all about you, as she stated, but I just didn't agree with her. Anybody who knows me knows I am the opposite of selfish. Community is one of the most important themes of my journey, and it would have been inauthentic to not highlight that. This was a speech for the entire graduating class of 2020, not just me. And I knew that no one would want to see me get up there and only talk about myself for five minutes. I didn't want to do that. I don't want to hear that, especially with everything going on in the world. And it was just so frustrating because my entire distinguished graduate experience was filled with disappointments and working with people who didn't know me, my character, my journey, my story, or anything. I hadn't even met these people in person, and I just didn't feel like any of them had my best interest at heart. And I'm not trying to get on here and cry and complain. I'm just trying to tell you guys, like, people see accomplishments and think it's all of this wonderful stuff, and it's really not. Like, this is the crap that happens behind the scenes that you have to deal with, that, you know, you have these emotions and these feelings, and then your family is seeing you deal with them, and then they're dealing with them as well, and then you can't out people and you can't like make people or institutions look bad and it's just all these different layers to it so I'm hoping that by sharing this you know one I need to get it off my chest because I don't want to feel prisoner to the situation and what happened you know it is what it is and I have to deal with that but at the same time like you do have to hold people accountable and be the change that you want to see so that it doesn't happen to the next person And that is the reason for me even sharing any of this at all. So at the end of the meeting, I had got super quiet and I wasn't saying much. And I think that they could just sense all of the frustration I was feeling. And one of them asked me like, oh, what's wrong? And I was 100% honest with them. Y'all know me. I explained my frustration with the bio mess and the changing of the content, the fact that everything was canceled and how the experience was just not what I expected it to be. And I know that it's not their fault. And I don't have a problem with constructive criticism. But I just feel like nothing was clicking. And after I was done ranting, the director was like, you really shouldn't worry about the bio stuff because no one's going to read it anyways. And after she said that, I was done because she revealed her heart in that moment. And something in me just completely went offline. And if you would have heard the tone in which she said it, like, honest to God, you would think I'm lying. And I just remember being in the living room on the couch and my mom was 10 feet away at the table and she was looking at me like, just hold it in. Don't cry. Don't freak out. Just stay calm. And I was so upset that I just sat there, wrapped up the call and we just ended the Zoom meeting. And it was so obvious that she had effed up. Because she actually called my phone right after. I literally still have the voicemail dated April 7th, 2020 at 12.54 p.m. And she basically was like, oh, I just want to make sure you're okay. And I wanted to know if you needed more time to make the edits. And I don't want you to feel stressed or pressured. And just let me know so I can communicate with the other people. And I never called her back. I was over it. I made the edits that same day, sent it back to them and was like, here. And it's funny because in the end, the official speech that everyone heard me give at commencement was the same speech I had read to them on that Zoom call. The only difference was me adding the story of why I chose to attend the college in the first place. And I just put that at the beginning. Um, That was all the changing 
that I was going to do because I knew exactly how I wanted my speech to sound and I knew exactly what my peers needed to hear. And after that Zoom, it just put a bad taste in my mouth. And I promise you guys, I was ready to not even do it anymore. Like, if I can be honest, all of the stuff that was happening was just, it was so, like, I don't, what's the word? Like, unethical, like, unprofessional, not right. Like, all of this stuff was happening. And I was really ready to just be like, you know what? Find someone else. Like, honest to God, like, it didn't even matter to me. And I really had to check my emotions because I was going to let them have it. But, you know. Shout out to my family for keeping me grounded. Disappointing situation number four, film day. I went to one of the campuses with my mom to officially shoot my speech, and it was a good experience for the most part. I was really excited. My mom and I were recording our own videos for memories, and for the first time, it actually felt like I was enjoying my distinguished graduate experience. But after I had got dressed up in my regalia and my cap and gown, they handed me a binder that had a printed copy of my speech in it. And on the front cover, it was like commencement 2020 to my appall, but my name was spelled completely wrong. And when I noticed it, my face just dropped because the only thing going through my mind was, how am I your distinguished graduate and you can't even get my name right? Like, what? All of this emailing and conversing I've been doing with these people and they spelled my name wrong. Like, how does that work? Are you kidding? And then I low-key started freaking out because I'm thinking, oh my gosh, did they spell it wrong in the program? Did they spell it wrong in the bio or anywhere else that they were putting my name? And I was just so annoyed because I couldn't even focus on the speech because they had already messed something else up. And I get it. Typos and mistakes happen. But people also don't proofread and people also don't care. They don't take the time to say, oh, maybe we should double check this. They just think that they have it when they don't. And that's how shit gets screwed up. Excuse my language. And to me, it was just very unprofessional. And the worst part about it was that I didn't even have the heart to tell them in that moment because I didn't want to ruin the mood or make anyone feel stupid. But if you've heard any of my previous podcast episodes, especially in the name series, you would know that we don't do that anymore. We stop them on first base and we correct them every time they get it wrong. So I should have corrected it right then and there, but I didn't. And that was my fault. And if you have no idea what I'm talking about, go back and listen to the old episodes. So after I was done filming, I just texted this new lady I had met because she was at filming and I let her know what the mistake was. and what my concerns were and she just apologized and was like I'm so sorry I'm gonna take care of that for you like don't even worry about it and I appreciated her because she wasn't even one of the people that I was in constant communication with but she showed me more kindness and more understanding than any of them did and it really meant a lot to me so that made me feel better Alrighty, disappointing situation number five the same day we were filming I was up at the podium and had just finished the first take of my speech. And my mom and I had heard these people who we had just met because they were working behind the scenes talk about my speech while they were in their little private booth in the back. But what they didn't realize was that we could hear everything they were saying. The speech ended up being a little longer than they had planned. It was like six minutes as opposed to being five minutes. 
And I guess they were annoyed and I don't know, talking about all this stuff I'm not even going to mention. Um, and I'm not sure if they had specific instructions to not go over that time limit, but they had made it very evident that it was longer than what it had planned to be, which was fine. Like I have no problem adjusting and doing what I need to do, but they were making such a big deal out about it and they didn't even realize we could hear them. And my mom was actually like, you know, we can hear you guys, right? And she called them out and I just stood there awkwardly and they were like, oh, sorry. And like shut the door. And I was like, oh, my God, like nothing can ever go right. And I just wanted to hurry up and get out of there because it was yet another disappointing situation. And last but not least, disappointing situation number six, my behind the scenes video. After it was announced that I was a singers graduate, I was so relieved and excited because now all of my friends and people I truly cared about knew, and it felt like a real celebration. So I had always planned to create a behind the scenes video of my filming day so that I could share it with people and show them what the experience was like. And after I was finished making the video, it turned out really amazing. I was super proud of it. And, you know, out of the kindness of my heart, I went to one of my go to's um, and the alumni and I was just like, hey, like I made this and I think it'd be cool like to show people. So if you want to share this on your social media accounts, let me know. And she was just like, oh, like, OK, um, I'm going to speak with the marketing team and get back to you. So she let me know that the marketing team was requesting to review the video just to make sure that there were no clips of my speech in it. And after that, like they'd let me know if I would be able to post it. And I was like, let me know. And so after I was done talking to my mom, who's an absolute warrior and protector and just all around amazing woman, I would not have survived without her. She didn't let nobody mess over me, even though they tried. And I love you for that, mom. She was the one who helped me realize like, I, I don't need permission from them to post anything on my personal accounts. You know, all of the footage that I had gathered was of me and my mom and everything we were doing, but it was nothing that would jeopardize the speech getting out because that was their main focus, right? Um, and to that same point, it's my speech. Like, I wrote it. Why would I want to do that and spoil it? And she kept wanting me to send it, but I just wasn't comfortable doing that because they had been acting shady the entire time. And I just didn't want them to take my stuff and, you know, use it for their own reasons and burn me. And, you know, I just had all these worries because the initial idea was for them to share it from my personal account. Like, hey, I post it. You guys can share it. Um, not for them to just kind of take ownership of it completely on their own, because what was happening was they were trying to come up with content to post to engage students. And even though I had given them a list of ideas, they just never followed through with any of it. So based on what was said and how it was said, like all the stuff that was happening, it was almost as if they were like, oh, like, let us see it. Like, let us have a copy of it to do whatever they wanted to do with it. But I just, you know, wasn't having that because of how they were acting for the entire experience. So after I questioned her about it and let her view it through a private link on YouTube because I wasn't going to actually send it. She tried to say that I couldn't upload my behind the scenes video at all because it contained something like college content or whatever word she used and that I had to have permission from them to post it. Now, this was all conveniently via phone call and not email where it can be traced. And 
I knew what she was saying was coming from above her because she kept alluding to that, but it was just wrong. Like everything they were saying and doing was just, ugh. And I basically put my foot down and gave them pushback about why that wasn't okay and how they can't control what I post. And it was just a really intense back and forth over something so little. Like it was my distinguished graduate behind the scenes video. Like you would have never known about it had I not even told you about it. Like I told you about it to look out for you because you said that you wanted content. So I don't even understand how that became into like this big thing. But I 100% put my foot down and then they ended up just saying like, oh, whatever, it's fine. Like upload it, do what you want to do. Um, but the joke's on them because I was going to do it anyways. And they just really showed out. And the killer is like, they didn't even end up using any of the ideas I had. They didn't really highlight anything that had to do with distinguished graduate. We had came up with all these ideas and there was like two posts on like Instagram and Facebook. It was like the initial announcement and the part of my speech when, you know, commencement came out and it was just a mess. Um, we thought about doing like videos and lives and Q&A and all of this cool stuff and they just didn't end up doing it. So, yeah, once again, I was left disappointed and it just put a bad taste in my mouth. However, you reap what you sow. And in the next podcast episode, I'll close out this experience by detailing the aftermath of being a part of our first virtual commencement ceremony that ended up being catastrophic. So stay tuned for that. All right. Looks like my list is done and it just feels really good to get that off my chest. Let me tell y'all. The truth shall set you free. And that's Bible. Because I've realized that when people hurt you or do wrong by you and you hold it in, it just eats you alive and it honestly makes you bitter. Like, I was bitter for a minute after this happened. Like, I'm talking about, like, throwing t-shirts away, like, unfollowing, not wanting anything to do with this. And, like, it was really bad. And I just didn't want to feel that way anymore, not towards an institution that had done so much for me and I for them. Like I had to keep in the back of my mind, like, oh, my God, to my this one experience does not, you know, reflect your entire journey there. But it was so hard because you always want to leave on a high note. And I just didn't. It was like a very bad breakup between me and this school. And it made me sad. But that is why I had to talk about it, because. I just didn't want to be bitter. I didn't want to have any animosity or hatred in my heart. And I felt like I couldn't expose what had really happened at the time because I was just trying to get through it and stay positive and be grateful and just move on with my life. But I've also realized that you can't move on from something that you're not over that you didn't heal from. And my way of healing was processing and letting some time pass and reflecting and talking about it and now sharing it. and. That is why I'm so grateful to have my own platform through this podcast. So let's recap. My tender tidbits for today are, number one, tell the truth and share your story. No matter how bad it may make someone or something look, I promise it is the most freeing experience in the entire world, and you won't regret it. I know I don't. Number two, you are enough. 
My mom said it in the beginning and it kept me throughout this entire experience. Don't ever let anyone make you feel otherwise. You are enough. Number three, don't trust everybody. People do not always have your best interest at heart and I'm going to leave it at that. And lastly, number five, forgive. Even when they don't apologize or feel like they didn't do anything wrong, forgive them anyways. Not for their sake, but for yours. We've got one episode left in the series and then that's a wrap. Thank you so much for listening and I hope to catch you on the next one. Thank you.